I guess we'll just get started. Okie dokie. Hey, Drew. How are you? Hey, Hey, Tammy. I'm fine. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) So, uh, this is our first podcast. It's live, but it's technically not live because it's just... uh, well, the the part the the important part is not so much the live as the unedited. Right, right. So we screw this thing up. Everybody knows. Yeah. So we should probably before we jump into the actual podcast. I don't even would you. I guess you'd call it a podcast. I don't know what you'd call. It. This is kind of new for me, honestly. It's a semi live cast. It's a semi live cast because eventually I'd love to be able to do it live, so there's no mm-hmm. temptation to edit. Uh, but I think. I think we need to explain why why we're doing this, how we're doing it, and hopefully what people can expect from us and mm-hmm. expect out of it. Well, how we're doing it is we have these microphones here. <laughs> Check this out. Now, we're, yes. what we're doing is we're recording with Zoom. We're recording on Friday. <laughs> Friday the 13th is our first recording. What a way to start. Right, and we are doing it live in the sense that We are just going to have a conversation. We don't really necessarily have an agenda, but we're going to come on, uh, Drew, hopefully each week at this time, right? Eight and well, nine Eastern, eight central. (laughs) Nine, nine Eastern, eight central. Tune in every Friday. Well, that's the plan. The plan is, you know, till we sort of get into the swing of things, we're just going to be doing it on Zoom. We're going to record it. We're not going to edit it at all. And that's the important thing for us. We want to be raw, real, and not, this is going to sound terrible, but not commit to any more work than we're already doing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we're going to put out a crummy, crappy, can't listen to podcast. We will edit any levels that we need to edit, things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We're not cutting anything. What we say is what you get. I don't know about you, Drew, but you, you are running a podcast too, right? I'm currently running, uh, well, one and Two third podcasts. The big one is I'm running the technical podcast over at raywenderlich.com, where uh, every two weeks I do tech stuff for developers. I have one podcast that is currently on hiatus called Hero of the Week, and I'm currently developing another podcast called Deconstructing Dystopia, which that one's got a lot of talk in it, and I'm just being incredibly procrastinative on my editing of that. And see that that's that's one of the important things here because I also have a podcast, as you know, Drew, Roundabout Creative Chaos that I do with Tim Mitra. Plug, plug it. Plug it, plug it as much as you can. And the thing is, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I love recording podcasts. I love meeting new people on our show. We interview people, so we get to meet a lot of people. Uh, But the drag of that is it takes considerably a long time to take, you know, an hour and 15 minutes of record time and distill it down to listenable, good quality, you know, 45 minutes to 55 minute podcast. And it takes time to do that. When I started the, when I started the Ray podcast back in, in summer 17, it would take me roughly four to five days to edit two and a half hours of material down to 40 minutes. Now we've got it down to about three to four hours, but that's still a good chunk of change. Yeah. And that's what it takes me, you know, like you, it used to take me two, three days to edit the podcast when, when I first started doing it. And then it, 
the more you do it, the quicker you are at it, but it still mm -hmm. takes the better part of a half a day to do it. You're either getting quicker and more efficient or you're just not caring as much. No, I still care. And that's why <laughs> doing this with you, when it's when, it's hard because you, you're like maybe we'll cut that no can't can't no cutting no cutting i know so like even that little preamble that i was doing i was like oh geez i'm ra I'm, I'm rambling and I, I where can i cut all that and i just realized that i can't cut any of it it's going no. out the way that it is and i'm not perfect you know and even oh please even, look even my edited self is not perfect <laughs> <laughs> So let's see. So you said you had an agenda coming in. I did. I did have an agenda. Now, what's funny is when we talked about, we, we just came up with this idea, what, earlier this week or last week? Something like came that. Came up with the idea last week, uh, sort of said, yeah, let's really do this thing early this week. And and, and it's, it's been, we've been developing it for quite some time. I think you got the name about two hours ago. Yeah, I got the name about two hours ago. And when we decided that we were going to do this, Drew, I was like, oh, the first thing I want to talk about on this podcast is being a perfectionist. Because the reason we, at least for me, oh. well, well, the reason I'm doing this podcast, I, I don't want to speak to why you're doing it, but the reason I'm doing this podcast is to help me not be such a perfectionist, Right. That was my agenda going into this, to talk about how I can do things and not be a perfectionist. And because it's very difficult for me to do that, I'm like, the only way I'm going to do that is to just do it. And that means let myself go and be unedited and do it and commit to it and find someone crazy enough and willing enough to do it with me so that I don't feel all alone. So when I was thinking about our show tonight, I'm like, that's, that's my agenda. I want to talk about not being perfect. But then the universe said, no, that's not where you need to start. And what I mean by that is I have been involved in a book group. Uh, a bunch of people and I are reading. I wish I brought the book in with me. It's, uh, I think it's the name of the book is Dare to Lead by. Uh, <laughs> see, this is where I would put that cut in because her name, because I'm so like, oh, <laughs> recording. Um, help me out here. Brene Brown. That's it. So it's uh it, it's Brene Brown. Yes, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for coming. You asked me to help. <laughs> 30 seconds sooner would have been nice. But so we're reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And I've never done a book club before. I'm not leading the book club. I'm just part of the book club. And this is, I think we had today we had our third or fourth meeting. I missed one of the meetings. And we were talking about trust and leadership and and you know being able to fill up your day with things that need to be done. And, you know, that just to distill it down quickly, one of the things that came up was as a leader, you know, we take on a lot of things and sometimes we take on too much because I don't know, if <laughs> I, I have a hard time saying no. And what I'm learning is that the older I get, the more I have to say no. And the, the thing is today I said, you know, it's really good if you don't fill up your schedule to full capacity and then some, because you never know if some unexpected thing is going to come up that needs your attention. So I have been somewhat recently only filling my schedule up to like 75% capacity. And I said, you know, one of the questions was, well, how do you say no? And my response to that was, I think about my children. I think about maybe that 25% that I don't fill up my schedule is because my children 
just need me outside of the normal i need my mom and wouldn't you know the universe said here you go let me give you an example so today i didn't have a whole lot to do except help my husband with his business and my son woke up my older son he's like i can't see there's something wrong with my eye i need to go to the doctor and that's what i spent my day doing today right away went to the doctor and had i filled myself up to capacity i would have not had the time to take him and not feel guilty about not getting work done because I would have taken him even if I had work to do, but I would have felt horrible about myself and the people relying on me to do that work. And I had that little breathing room not to. So that, that is my agenda to talk about the unexpected and attitude. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Not filling your time. Yeah. Your time. Yeah. That's a good idea. Not sure why I volunteered to run a con, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that that's that's the surprise one for you. I'm not so much volunteering to run the con. It's that a bunch of people are saying we'd love to have a con, and you keep watching people saying we'd love to have a con. It's like, well, people do something. Don't just say you'd love to have a con. Right. So I started actually putting things in like, okay, so who would be interested in what session track? You know, what what session tracks would work well for this thing and. Uh, and who actually has experience and who would be interested in senior staff positions? Because you can, I love the idea of a con all you want and all you have is a whole bunch of great amount of love for a con. Right. But on the flip side of that, running the con itself, it takes just a little bit of that extra 275%. Because yeah. if I'm right, you've run, you've assisted run, You've had them go well, mm -hmm. most of them. Mm -hmm. Have they all gone well, or have you had any uh, ones not go so as was not go as well? Well, you know, it depends on how you measure success. <laughs> For me, that that bar changes. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that that everything I do is successful, in that I always learn something from it. So even if it's a failure, like Indie DevStock, for example, is a technical conference that I did in 2016. Mm -hmm. To me and to the attendees, that was an absolute success, right? Because everyone had fun, people mm -hmm. learned things. It was a good time to be with the community and the people within the community. The food was great. Everything was successful about that. And then when you look to the most important part as far as determining success for some people, the financial stuff. That was so upside down, backwards, and I'm still digging out from under that. So was it a success? Yes. Was it a financial success? No. <laughs> so my only caution to you is if you do get into running a con or- I'm not running the pockets. It's not so coming not, out of my okay, pocket. So you're just, you're just going to organize it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll help motivate people. I'll help push people along. And the second they say, we need $3,000, I'll go, that's really nice. Have good luck with that. Yeah, $3,000. Oh, gosh, I wish the conference was- Well, that's, that's usually like the down payment just to, to, to tell the hotel you're serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean- yeah, they, they looked at me and they're like, well, yeah, we want to do the first con in, in the summer of 2020. I'm like, no, you got to, at least a year. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what's the con? Uh, it's, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold back from that because it's still in the early planning stages and I don't want to cause a whole bunch of, uh, of riff over it, depending on who does or doesn't listen to this thing. I mean, anybody who knows me and knows where to look can probably find out what it is, but it's not really anything completely official yet. So the last thing I want to do is suddenly find myself officially taking responsibility for stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want responsibility. No, no, no. I'm, you can always raise your hand as long as you're raising your hand to say, I can help you find people to do it. Right, right. But the best, I mean, because that's, I mean, the best form of leadership is, is appointing a good staff. That's, this is the problem with most corporations is you get a good CEO and lousy middle management. Yeah, leadership is a whole nother ball game there, you know. I'm so distracted. My husband just walked in. He's over there getting his pajamas on. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I, so I'm totally distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, he's not doing it on camera because then I'd be watching your husband get into his pajamas and I'd be distracted too, but probably not in the same way. I know, right? I know. I want to talk about leadership for a minute. Sure. What do you think makes a good leader? Not just doing things one way. Leadership means listening to those that you're leading. Taking, I mean, you can't do everything. If you did everything, you wouldn't need to lead. You'd have other people, you know, you'd, you'd be solo. You're, you're playing on your own. The second you lead, you're dealing with other people who have specialties, and those specialties need to percolate up. So a good leader listens. A good leader is willing to roll their sleeves up and help fill in for everything else. Right. But delegation is huge. Finding people who are competent. I've never liked the term micromanaging because I always think that in a perfect world, a leader understands what's going on in his different groups. He doesn't need to, but he can always step in and go, so why isn't this happening? Right. What, there's a saying, if, uh, if you turn around and no one is following you, you're a manager. <laughs> and if you turn around and people are talking badly about, badly about you, you're a program manager. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So what made you decide you want to do a con? I wanted to actually do a con for years. I've had different organizations I've been with. I love cons. Um, and it's interesting, too, because I, con I consider myself an ambivert, which is sort of an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert, which means I go to a con and I don't talk to anybody because I normally don't go in clots anymore. I'm a little bit older than your average con goer. I think I'm limited to a couple of old Asian old men from anime as my cosplay nowadays. But I love going to cons. I love the chance to, to learn things, to enjoy things that I take pride in. I love going to, say, for example, Apple-based conferences because it's about the only place I can safely sit there and badmouth Apple because I'm surrounded by other people who have to not badmouth Apple in their careers. Right. Um, but I love sci-fi cons. I love them. And I've always 
wanted to put them together. I have an unconference I'd love to put together on a technical level. The unconference is one where you don't even have uh, scheduled uh, sessions. You just basically say, hey, everybody who's here, if there's anything you want to talk about, talk about it. If you want to learn about something, put it up on the board and maybe somebody will say, yeah, I'll talk about that. And it just evolves naturally. It's a lot of fun. Um, they, they, they fit into everything. Do you think people, you know, back to this this podcast i wonder if people will appreciate the the randomness and the openness and the lack of of uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh focus <laughs> yeah that would be the word because you know, it's kind of like the unconference is the same thing like there it, there's a lack of focus and because people are so you know i gotta get this done i gotta get this done i gotta get this done and they're so into time and and only spending time when they need to spend time i wonder if if not having focus is a detriment well that depends on whether or not having a conversation means there's no focus uh just because we may go from topic to topic we are hitting topics and we're talking about them and i think people like to be talked with rather than talked at and I think by having a more discussive con uh, a more discussive construction to this, people feel like they're hearing a conversation rather than a broadcast. I mean, rather than a newscast. And there's nothing wrong with a newscast, but I, I, I one of the uh, the ones that I love is is Tim's show because he he's really just running through news, but he's doing it in a discussive manner where he's bringing up the story and talking about what he likes and the such You're and the more such than just code, right? Yeah. More, more than just code. Yeah. Plug, plug it. Hey man, you got to plug it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about being focused and unfocused, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like it's a constant internal battle right? Because you know, you have to focus on this thing. And that thing has to get done. But you have these other five things that also may need to get done, but you're feeling like you're wanting to do the thing over in the corner first before you do this thing. And, and that's kind of like in, in my career, I, I do so many different things, whether it be writing, or editing, or drawing or whatever. And I've, I've got deadlines like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I look at my task list and I think, all right, I'm supposed to write this article that's due today, but I really feel like drawing this thing that's not due in, for another three days. What do I do? Do I, do I work on the thing that I'm, it's going to probably be crappy because I'm not in the mood to write, but it's due? Or and I have I, names for all these things now. What are they? Well, let's see. There's executive disorder, which is <laughs> putting the top requirement task down at the bottom of your list under the things that need to be done. Right. There's my personal favorite, analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. I love that term. That's, that's basically. Like no, but that's basically what's happening when you're uh, when you're trying to solve a problem, and there's like two or three or four different possible ways that you could go about solving the problem, and your brain goes, "Which one? I don't know how to solve the problem because I know how to solve the problem." I know how to solve the problem in so many different ways. I don't know which is the correct way to solve it. And your brain just goes. Mm. But yeah, between that and executive disorder, which is pretty much now the professional term for procrastination. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I suffer from that one a lot then. 
And it's normal. It's just like, I, I don't want to do this task, so I'll go find another fun task. I mean, I, I, I have a child myself. He just became a teenager. God help me. You're going to need a lot of help, man. Oh, my God. I, I, I have teenage Groot from the Avengers films. He's, <laughs> if, I could, if I could somehow unspot weld the video game from his hands, I think we'd, we'd make some process, progress. Yeah, I don't know. Raising kids is difficult. It's rewarding, but it's difficult. Like, I never know what's right. When I look at a computer program, I can figure out what to do. I, it's on or off. With children, I don't care how old they are. My son's going to be 20 tomorrow. I don't care how old. It doesn't get easier. Whoever said it gets easier is a liar. or <laughs> They have way better parenting skills than I do. Because I don't find it to be easy at all. <laughs> like even with his eye today, you know, it's like you have to you have to be there for your kids. Mm -hmm. And they don't tell you that when when you're having kids. They 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 allude to it. They're like, oh hey, you know, you're going to be a parent, and you have this little this little baby to take care of. But in my mind, you know, 20 years ago, the baby would grow up and they. You know, they would go off and they would do their own thing. And Aha, but then work. millennials came along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that, that so much. I, I, I did the, uh, the thing where I was like, maybe I'll wait until my mid to late 30s to have a child. I want a stable career. I, I, I want to know that I've, I've got work and a stable family before I bring a child into the world. And I thought this was a good plan. Now I'm in my early fifties with a teenager. This was not completely thought through. Yeah. See, we just had a dog first. We had a dog <laughs> for a year. My husband and I, we had a dog for a year. We figured the dog, you know, we remembered to feed him and water him and take him out. And after a year he was still alive. So we're like, all right, I guess we can have children. And we yeah, have the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the boy is 13, the cat is 15. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's the, cat, the cat, however, is developing kidney issues right now, so that's not fun. Hopefully oh. the boy will not follow right suit behind. No, that would not be good. So ask me, uh, ask me what happened when I, when I drove my son to the uh, eye doctor in a panic. Hey, Tammy. Yeah, Drew. What happened when you dro drove your son to the eye doctor in a panic? It's a funny thing you should ask. <laughs> the universe works in really weird ways, but here, here's what happened. I generally do not speed. I am not a speeder. I go the speed limit. If I don't go the speed limit, I'm either under and then I realize I'm going too slow or I'm like five miles per hour over and I adjust to go back to the speed limit because I just, I don't, I'm not in a rush to get anywhere. I'll get there when I get there. I drive like a, like a, my, my old Italian grandmother. I turn the rear view mirror down. I don't care what's going on. I just care, you know, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there safely. But now my son is in excruciating pain because of his eye. I'm in a, we had to drive further because the eye doctor was in a different office in a very, you know, remote location. So I'm driving and I'm, you know, going little faster than I normally would go and I get pulled over 
right? And we're almost first at the time. Office. First time for speeding ever pulled over. And I'm panicked now, okay, because my truck window broke and I can't roll down the window. And I was I'm waiting for a part. It did come in today. So I when my truck window first broke, I had visions of me getting pulled over. So it's not a surprise that I finally did, but I had visions of me getting pulled over, not being able to open up my window and then getting in extreme trouble for failure to comply, you know, like roll down your window and give me your stuff. I can't do that. So I'm panicked. We, first of all, I pull over and then he's like, no, no, keep going. I'm like, geez, I don't know where to go. There's no other place. So I'm driving, I'm driving. I'm like, great. Now I'm going to get in trouble for evading the police. So I finally found a place to go in. I pulled over, he gets out and I'm, I'm like yelling out the little tiny crack in the window. I'm like, I can't open my window. Meanwhile, there's tape on it. Right. He's like, I know, just open it. I'm thinking, oh, I can't. And he's like, the door. I'm like, oh, okay. So I open the door. I get out. I'm panicked. I'm like, listen, man, I, I know, I know I was speeding, right? That's why you pulled me over. Is that what it is? Cause I was going fast. He's like, yes, give me your stuff. So I handed him all my stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I don't normally do this. Here's my stuff. And long story short, he was, he was giving me an attitude in that I was very intimidated by him. I don't know that he was actually giving me attitude, but I felt like he was giving me attitude. Like he didn't care what was going on. I tried to explain to him that my son is in the car and his eye is on fire and I'm just trying to get to the eye doctor. He's like, you need to hold your horses, get back in your car. I'm like, okay. So I get back in, I'm waiting and his eyes getting worse. So I get out, I'm like, I'm going to get shot. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to get shot. I am, you know, I'm like approaching really slow and I'm like, can you just follow me to the doctor? It's like right there. And then you can give me a hundred tickets. I don't care what you give me. I just need to get him to the doctor. He's like, get back in your truck. I'm like, Jeez. So I, I'm standing by the truck and I'm, I'm getting upset. I sent to my son. I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm going to get a ticket now. And he's, he's not listening to me and I'm not, you know, I'm not a bad driver and I'm going to get points now. My insurance is going to go up and I'm freaking out. And I was getting angry at me, but I was also getting angry at the police officer because he wasn't listening to me. And I, I almost said it. I said, and he's just being a, and I stopped and I took a breath and I said, he's just doing his job. Uh And I tell you, Drew, within seconds, he got out of his patrol car. He came over. He handed me back my stuff. He says, next time when you have a medical emergency, put your hazards on. And when you come through my town again, if it's not an emergency, make sure you slow down and make sure you have an updated insurance card. <laughs> Whoops. Right. And I thought th- the point of the story was I was getting overexcited. And, I, and this is why my agenda for tonight kind of got sidetracked from the whole perfection thing. Uh It occurred to me that tonight, today, I got to see the universe in full bloom and I got to see what it means to not fill up your day, to see what it means to appreciate. Here's a man, he's just doing his job. Uh He probably wasn't behaving toward me the way that I perceived that he was. And once I let my guard down against him and against the whole process, uh-huh. it all worked out. And I'm not saying that, that you know, I, I was, I, that, that was very nice of him. 
I was very lucky. There are, are a million reasons I could say that, you know, this happened the way that it did. But my heart, I believe that it happened because the universe said, now you got it. Now you understand. Stop pushing against this stuff. Slow down. <laughs> Don't fill up your day because you never know when someone's going to need you. Because when, when we had that book club today and we were talking about that, it was like, you know, I don't say no enough and I need to, and I need to because my kid might need me and my kid needed me. And I always say, my mom's always telling me, you need to stop pushing against the things that are causing you strife. And it's not that I have an issue with police officers. I really don't. Again, they're just doing their job. But in that moment, I perceived that he was picking on me and not listening to me and not understanding my situation because I didn't take the two seconds to understand his, but the moment I did, it all worked out. So that, that was my little tidbit. That's what I wanted to share with you tonight. Those, those things. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that we come from very different backgrounds and different opinions on things. That was, that was wonderful, except all it reminded me of was when my wife was pregnant and all I wanted to do was speed so that I could see if a cop would pull me over and give me a, a, a siren escort. My wife's sitting there going, don't speed. I'm like, but, but this is the dream. This is the dream to, to, to be speeding and to get pulled over and say, she's in labor. And he'll go, hang on, I'll give you an escort. Woo! But, and she's like, no, don't do it. I think it's important that if, if anyone does come across this, this broadcast and they don't know who we are, that we let them know that me and you are really kind of different. Oh, just a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a bit. I mean, very, very different. And I think good, that... Good colleagues and friends over the years? Yeah, good colleagues, good friends. You know, I'd like, I'd like our friendship to get stronger mm -hmm. uh, through this podcast. That, that would be fun. But I think that it's important to recognize that you and I may not always agree on everything, but we can still have a civil conversation. I think that'll be cool. Yeah, I will admit the first time I met you, I was, the first time I met you in person, I was somewhat terrified of you because the image I had gotten was that you did have guns and you would shoot zombies if they showed up. That's a true story. And, uh, and I was like, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I've always enjoyed a good zombie story, but I was just like, this, this may be actually a, a true zombie survival person. And, and, and I was... I was, uh, was terrified of you. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I have a carry permit, so I always have my gun with me. I don't mm -hmm. leave home without it. So even today when I got pulled over, you know, that's, you have to, you have to be aware of those things. Like if, if I had made a sudden movement or something, like he doesn't know what I'm going to do, you know? So and I can't ever imagine you with a gun, ever, especially now that you're going to go to Canada. No, no, I <sighs> sword, maybe long well, now, sword. Yeah. I think you should carry a sword. Unfortunately, you can't get a concealed carry uh, license for swords. Oh, well, that's a bummer. I spent the longest time looking for the perfect sword cane because I was a fan of the movie Highlander as a kid, and. And I, and I just, I couldn't buy into one thing in the film. And it was either you had a snap tight sword, which was utter crap, 
or you had an extra dimensional space under a trench coat and that didn't work either. So I wanted a, a sword cane, but you know, you go to little sci-fi cons and you go to all these uh, flea markets and all you find are these, these little walking sticks with like a cork on the top where you sort of squeeze it and you turn it and go squeaky, squeaky, squeaky pop. And out comes this yeah. oversized letter opener. Yeah. And I was like, I, I want, I want a sword cane. I want something that I could walk with and people would not know that that thing has actually got an actual sword. And I finally found this cane that's a, uh, I'd say it's about an inch and a half to two inches in uh, diameter and inside is a wakazashi. Uh, what? Which is a which is a, a Japanese battle sword. Oh, it's, it's a Japanese it sh it's a Japanese short sword, uh, wakazashi. Wakazashi, okay. But it's it's beautifully done and it's leather wrapped and the whole thing looks just like a walking staff, and uh, and it's great except for the fact that it is completely illegal in all fifty states because it's a concealed weapon that is not a gun. Oh. That's weird. Yes, apparently you can conceal an AK-47, but you can't conceal a sword. Well, I don't think you can conceal an AK-47. Give people time <laughs> to figure that out. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's laws against that, but I don't know about the swords. I think uh, I have a Gatana somewhere around here. Someone, someone I think, maybe. I don't know. It might have been lost. It was directly from Japan. Yeah, but yes, you are right. I am I am planning to go to Canada. I have been trying to get that paperwork together for now the better part of eight months. And that has been, to use one of my favorite words, lugubrious, what bureaucratic. Is that, is that what lugubrious, lugubrious is sort of like walking through molasses. Oh, okay. Because I think the word even sounds like it. The word is lugubrious. Yeah. Sounds like you're walking through molasses. And and it has been every few months. It's been more papers, more more background checks. And, and it's just been a nightmare that right now they are trying to get all the paperwork together. And I'm given the impression that I may be in the last few weeks of waiting, which would be wonderful because I haven't been back up to Canada in, in a few months to see my girlfriend. Well, that would be nice if you can get up there. It would be. Yeah. I miss her very much. So what are we doing, a half hour? Hmm? We're going to do a half hour? We're doing a half hour or we're doing a full hour? Oh, it's up to you. I can keep going. You can keep going. <laughs> I'm awake now. I'm not yawning anymore. I was yawning five minutes before the show. Five minutes before the show, every couple of seconds, I'd yawn, and I'd immediately take Tammy down with me. I know, and that's one thing I never understood. There's like a whole brain thing with that, right? When, when a person yawns. I always like the term. It's like you're depressurizing the universe, and everybody else has to compensate. Is that what it is? Okay, we'll go with that. So uh, you said you had two things that you were going to share with me tonight. I, I got the one thing. Well, let's see. I can always talk about the uh, the confusion about the fact that I think I've already mentioned now my, my wife and son and my girlfriend. That's always fun to try to explain. Do you want to explain that? Oh, it's simple. I practice polyamory. 
which the biggest problem there is it's combining a Greek and a Latin rather than two Latins or two Greeks. So it's either multi-amory or polyphilia. But uh, the term's polyamory, which simply really means that I have another relationship and I'm just open and honest about it. And it's not polygamy. I'm not married to more than one person. I'm married to my spouse happily for 15 years. We uh, just celebrated 15 years this past August. Um, we got married because we wanted to have a child and we wanted to have a stable contractual relationship that would allow us to raise him safely in the face of any kind of bureaucracy that we might face. Because there's nothing harder than uh, boyfriend, girlfriend raising a child because there's always questions of, well, who has what rights? Right. Um, but I also have, I have, and this was funny, I, I brought this up recently when somebody was coming over to introduce themselves to me. I have a legitimate girlfriend in Canada. Yeah, you have to put the word legitimate there. What? Yeah, I was saying, no, I, I actually have a legitimate girlfriend in Canada. And the person walked over just as I was saying that. And they said, well, I'm so glad I came over to, to introduce myself to you to come in at that, at that exact moment. Do you get a lot of people who look at you sideways when you tell them polyamorous? That's what you, it's called? Um, I, Sorry. <laughs> my son, my son, my husband was sneezing. Gesundheit. Uh, <laughs> comes out loose, sorry, or something like that. Um, you know, I get less people nowadays who are confused or put off or or shake their head at me. I get more people who just simply nod and I get a surprising number of people who ask me to start talking about it, to, 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 to explain it. And I'm not trying to convert anybody. I think you should be in the relationship that makes you happy or the style of relationship that makes you happy. I, I don't think polyamory is necessarily easier, predominantly because it's hard enough to get one relationship to work openly, lovingly with trust and communication. Then you start adding people on and it starts growing geometrically. And it really doesn't bring anything more than a lot more time on Google calendars. <laughs> that, that's, that's the whole secret to polyamory is communication and Google calendars. Is that it? Yeah, it's pretty much it. Well. Other than that, I wind up having two women who make fun of me all the time instead of one. I was thinking what my life would be like if I had, if I had a husband and a boyfriend and, you know, open. And I don't think I'd want to fight with both of them to get the trash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What it really comes down to is that my wife doesn't like mac and cheese or any of my pasta dishes. My girlfriend does. So. That, that's what it is. It's filling in the tiny little holes that, that... let me rephrase that. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. See, and this is, this is what's great about you and I doing this because you're so different than I am, even, you know, down to, to the type of relationship. Now, I, I would never judge anyone based on any relationship they have or any preference of theirs. Uh, and I just think it's funny that, you know, like on the flip side, I'm over here. How long, how many years we've been married now? 20 something, 20, I don't even know, 20 something years. 
and he'd probably break my face if I brought home another guy. I know I'd break his legs if he brought home another woman. So. Yeah. Yeah. My wife. Well, no, that's guy. not true. See, now that this is live, I have to say that that is not true. <laughs> right? I'd be like, well, his legs broke. I didn't do it. <laughs> we would have a loving conversation. I wouldn't break his legs, probably. <laughs> I was just going to comment. My wife is the guy in the family because she couldn't remember what our anniversary date was until about our 13th year. Even now, I kind of joke about it. And it's like, remember, is it August 12 or 14? Yeah, neither one of us, I think, knows how long. And I know it was in June. I think it was in 90 something we got married. June, June, June 8th. It was June 8th. We got married on June 8th. Yeah. After a certain number of years, it's just like we're still married. That's all that's important. It really is. You know, I think having a relationship, any relationship, I don't care if it's a friend or a romantic relationship, relationships are difficult. Yes. Are push and pull and good and bad. And I don't know where I heard it first. And it's been a while since I've heard it. But it was probably a Garth Brooks song, okay? <laughs> Something about... Something else that makes us very different. <laughs> yeah, wait, you don't like Garth Brooks? Wait, not that you might have just taken... <laughs> no, it was, it's, it's kind of like you have... Okay, so you love someone so deeply and you care about someone so, so much and you love them so passionately and, you know, you get into bed with them and it's passionate or you 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 know, just, just passion all over the place. You can't expect the opposite side of that is when you have an argument, you can't expect that argument to just be like, yeah, you suck. Yeah, you suck too. If you're so passionate about one another that, you know, you can just feel mm -hmm. like 10 when you're with them, when you love them. There's no reason why you can't feel, and you probably shouldn't feel, like a negative 10 when you're arguing about something, just as passionately. Now, I'm not saying you should throw things at the wall at each other or anything like that, but if you have passion on one side, you're going to have passion on the other side. Otherwise, you know, I always tell my husband, I said, if we ever get to the point where, where we don't fight as passionately as we love, then we need to have a long conversation. A wise person once said to me, the opposite of love is not hate, it's ambivalence. Yeah, that's true. Very, very, very true. So, I don't know. I think, I think the world is, is an interesting place. I really do. I think there's so many things I don't understand about it. Kids, <clears throat> parenting, relationships, Xcode. There's... <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, Xcode being the uh, primary building block software for making anything Apple program-like. Here, did I, did I dumb it down for, for non-technical people in the audience well enough there? I think so, I think so. A lot of ones and zeros that make it do things. Yeah, like Crash. Yeah, I haven't loaded the new, I, I downloaded it, but I haven't loaded the brand new GM seed of xcode or oh i did look you're I've, still uh, yawning i'm still yawning so there i need more caffeine um yeah i downloaded the the new the 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 final version of 
the new X code in the hopes that I could start actually looking forward into what I'm going to be using for the next full version of my app. I, uh, I wrote an app which is a, uh, a pagan Swiss Army knife and it's got like six different utilities including things like the tarot and and the I Ching which is sort of the tarot but with sticks and it's got astronomy and other fun things in there but it's it's this thing I've been working on for four years and the past couple of days I've been having fun trying to take out all the color why take out the color because all of the color is for lack of a better term hard-coded oh okay yeah can't do in that. other words everything is if, if if it appears black it's because i made it black if it's red it's because i made it red and and there's a a thing in programming and well it's it's in business and marketing called white labeling where you basically make a generic version so that any company can come along and say, I like that. I want it, but I want it with my company's stuff on it. And then you basically take your program and you put their logo and their colors into it and boom, it's their app. Did I actually just do a boom? You did. I was going to let it I go. Did. But... I, I couldn't. But you, you, you now have an app that is their app because they put their logo on it and one of the things I'm trying to do is get my app to the point where it's white labelable so that I can have it for different folks. Right now, it's really pointed at one specific small niche, and I'm trying to point it at an entirely different small niche. Okay. Are you having fun with it? Oh, no, it's been analysis paralysis all the way because I'm just like, right now, I, so there's this thing called localization and this is for people listening in because i know you know all this stuff where you basically say i want all of the, the the words to be able to be swapped out so i can put in french or spanish or italian and then there's this really nifty thing called pseudo loc pseudo localization where you say i want all the words to go away and get replaced with sort of gibberishy versions of those gibberishy versions of those words. So instead of it saying, hello, it's like an upside down H and E with an accent mark, two L's linked together and an O with a slash through it. And that's called pseudo localization. And right now I'm doing pseudo colorization on my app. So basically I can flip a switch and things will turn bright optic green and purple. So I can say, yep, that's been fixed. And I can tell it's been fixed because it looks like crap. Yeah, I like to uh, do things that look like crap and then claim they're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll just leave it in the, in, the, in the optic green and blue and purple and, and say, there, it's done. You guys try that version. Yeah, developing apps and games and things like that for yourself is very different than doing it for a client, is it not? Oh, my heavens, yes. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Uh... Well, this is my first one for myself. I've been in the industry over 35, 40 years, and, and I've, I've, you know, people are like, well, what apps have you written for yourself? And I'm like, none until now. Like, you haven't written any apps? So I said, no, 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 you said for myself. Right. On the other hand, I've written for Microsoft and the guys who do Norton, and I've written for Earthlink and other companies that you've never heard of. But 
those aren't mine. And, and I was lucky on the one or two companies that let us put our names into the software in like uh, credits. Were they Easter eggs or were they real credits? No, actually the Norton software always used to have the, uh, the credits of the programmers and the team in the about box. Oh, nifty. Nifty. Microsoft, not so much, but then again with Microsoft, God, I'm trying to think how many people work on Microsoft office just for the Mac. Probably a lot. Uh, there were, I would say about 200, 250 of us. See, that's a lot. Yeah. It's more than two. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to very small teams. I think the biggest software development team that I've ever worked with, and I, I have a terrible memory, so I might be completely wrong at this, maybe 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we might have worked with larger teams that I, I wasn't aware of the other teams, but on, on my specific teams, it was always very small. And and that was only a handful of times. Most most teams I've worked on are like, you know, two people, three people. Well, I've been, I've been on Apple products even through the dark days of the 90s when everybody told me that Apple had gone bankrupt. So I've been on teams where I was the Apple team, not the Mac team, the team. not the iOS team, but the Apple team. Right. Yeah, you've been at this for... Well, I mean, I got my first computer when I was 11. So so I've been on a computer and and doing stuff pretty much since I was a kid. And I pretty much got my first computer job shortly out of my undergraduate. I thought you were going to say shortly after I got out of my underwear. Is what I thought you were going to say. Tammy, we need to have a talk. Hey, look. The older I get, the worse my hearing is getting, the worse my eyeballs are getting, uh, which kind of sucks because I could take one or the other. If I can't hear, I could have put the uh, closed captioning on. If I can't see, then, you know, I can move closer, but I can't see or hear. So the closed captioning, I can't read it anymore. Can't hear. See, and and I'm I'm all the way up there. I mean, I'm wearing the glasses to let me see the computer. I'm holding in my hand the glasses to let me see across the room. And these these are bifocals. The problem is that the bifocals don't actually hit the range that the computer's in very well. So I have these unifocals that are only good for about 14 to 16 inches away. And in the middle of work, I have to look up out my window to see whether or not I can focus across the uh, the backyard. If I can't focus across the backyard, then I know I have the wrong, uh, <laughs> I have the wrong glasses on. In the meantime, Tammy's having blackouts. I was. He walks out of the office. He flips off the light. I look at him. He looks at me. He goes, <gasps> and then turned it back on. Yeah. Say live, all live. All live. But yeah, I've got the glasses. I now have hearing aids. I don't use them as often as I'm supposed to. I'm bad. My sister-in-law sells hearing aids, so I'll probably have to reach out to her in the next. They're expensive. I know, I know. She's got ones that like hook up to your phone and stuff. I don't even. Know. Yep, these do. Yep, yeah. mine do. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. But hey, it is what it is. Well, I've gotten to the point where if I'm in a loud place with lots of conversation, I lose a lot. And if somebody's talking quietly, I lose a little bit of what they're saying. I just, I just got to the point where I kept saying, what, huh? Sorry. 
and and people and, and my wife, who is congenitally mostly deaf, said, "You need hearing aids." And I was like, "Okay, my turn." Well, that's the thing. Uh, you know, three sixty iDev was what like two three weeks ago, and I had put a post on Twitter after the event was over, and for some reason, th attending this year was very difficult for me. For one, Tim Mitchell wasn't there. He's like my wingman. He was not there to encourage me to hang out with people and just sort of like be my wingman. And so I did a lot of stuff on, on my own. And I wrote this post about how difficult it was, not just because Tim wasn't there, but also because I found that during conversations, like I couldn't see people. You know, it didn't matter how close I was. I, there's always like this haze around people. And I say it's like an aura of yourself. <laughs> and then I, I couldn't hear anything. So I would always say, what, what, what? Which gets really annoying for people who are trying to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, this is, so I just stopped going to any of the events. I stopped going out and I just didn't, didn't end. And it was kind of silly because I don't know what to do with this. You know, getting on in years and your body just, it's, it's mine is staging a mutiny. <laughs> yeah, I'm reminded of two things from the net. One was a comedian by the name of Sinbad, who once said, "After 40, once you break something, it stay broke." Yeah. And the other one is, uh, I'm at the age now where I'm waiting to be possessed by a demon so that the demon can take over my body and go, "Ow, this hurts. That hurts. Wait, this thing doesn't work." I'm like, "Well, yeah. Welcome to my world. Glad you moved in." Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, look, man, I think uh, I think this went all right. We are into like 45, uh, 50 minutes, so we can wind this thing up. Wind it up or down? <laughs> wind it down? I'm no good with metaphors. See, we're very different. Up, down, left, right, it doesn't matter. I don't know, we'll probably get into a groove if we if we keep up with it. <laughs> See, and now that can't be edited out. That is that is there. You're doing your little dances there forever for all to see. Yeah, but it depends if the camera was focused on me when I was dancing or not. Oh, you make a very good point. I but I'll dance like that. There. It's focused on me now. <laughs> now I can't live it down. I don't know how this is going to record out now that I think about it. Well, I guess we will find out when it's when it's all said and done. We'll find out. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of wraps us up for for this episode. This this uh, live day one, number one, <laughs> episode one of live day one. Uh, Unless we're zero indexing, we could be. We should be. We probably won't be, <laughs> but but we could be. We could zero index because this one wasn't completely live. No, it wasn't. And who knows? Maybe this will just be our trial run that no one will ever see. And when we no, 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 no. That's editing. That's it? cheating. It is. It is. Well, what happens if we put it up there, and we start getting thumbs downs, or people are like this sucks, or you know, it just sounds terrible, or you know, insert negative opinion here then what then what do we do then drew huh what do we just let it roll we do another one because obviously people have reacted <laughs> okay all right Dude, uh, what's better 15 thumbs down or zero reactions true true 
and uh, I guess we'll play it by ear. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure this this show will change as we figure each out. Because, like, we know each other, and we're friendly, but, like, I don't call Drew up on a Saturday and be like, hey, man, what are you up to? Like, we're not that kind of friends. I mean, it would be nice if we were. But we just, like I said, we... We were talking about a project last week and we had such a good conversation. And by the time we hung up, I felt so much better at the end of the conversation. We, we just chatted. And that's, that's how this, this podcast or this live cast or whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> Executive disorder. I have a bug in my app that I don't want to fix. Yeah. So we're going to just focus on this and not fix the app. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Drew, is there anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? Madness is a no, no, that's fun. Never mind. No, no I, I, I need to hear it now. <laughs> what is it? I, oh, I can't remember the whole quote. It's like uh, madness is a is a blessing bestowed upon, and I can't remember the rest of it. But madness I'll have to look it up. Blessing bestowed. Yeah, never mind. I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I'll I'll find it for the next one. Yeah, and we will uh, we'll be back next week. Yes. Yeah. We'll give it. We'll give it a few more shots. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and it'll either be a, a mini series with uh, a handful of episodes, or we're we're in for the long haul if we get our shit together. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's been fun. I've been watching the rating on this thing go G P G P G thirteen. Well, I just threw the shit in there to make sure that. <laughs> it's uh it's all e from here <laughs> all right so that's it from my end signing off and that's it from your end signing off i guess that finishes things up for day one <laughs>